0: I am James Hong, and welcome to the Surpassing Value Podcast. The fuel and desire for this podcast was born out of a compulsion to flesh out what's been going on, in the midst of an ocean of megaphones that may not actually withstand the test of scrutiny. As a signpost theologian, I will do my best to filter out the impurities and point people in the right direction. In this episode, I've asked Dr. Jeremiah Chang to join me so we can talk through the subject of embryonic adoption. He'll also be featured in the next episode as well, which I dropped together. The reason for these episodes and future episodes with Dr. Chang is very simple. There have been so many developments within the area of biotechnology and infertility that we have to stop, breathe and just ask ourselves, before we make use of this new technology. What does God's word have to say about all of this? In particular, as Christians who profess belief that life begins at conception, and coupled with that, that life intrinsically has immense value, what are the ramifications of holding to such a view? So to explore questions such as these, I want to publish a set of episodes that I'm going to refer to as the Imago Dei series. Um, That's just Latin for image of God. So the first episode in the Imago Dei series will cover one man's journey through embryonic adoption. These convictions that were developed over time through the word and the spirit. I hope you find this episode edifying. All right. As stated, I am joined by Dr. Jeremiah Chang, and I'm I'm really excited uh, for this first episode. We've been talking about this. We've been working details through, and this is actually going to be our second take on this because I recorded the initial episode, but I forgot to plug in the mic. So that was that is that is my bad. But but we're here, and if you're listening to this. Uh, for you, it's the first time. So, uh, Doctor Jeremiah Chang, uh, Jeremiah, if you can you say hi? Hi. Yeah, that's so. I'm, I'm I asked him to come onto this podcast. Um, I'm gonna ask him some questions, um, and this episode is gonna cover uh, embryonic adoption. But before we get into some of the more technical things, I, I want to spend a good portion of this episode just talking about uh, Jeremiah's journey because. I know, even as I say that word, embryonic adoption, a lot of people won't know what that is, uh, what that means. I- I'll get, we'll get to that a little later. But before we get to some of the minutia of that, uh, Jeremiah, I want to just start off with you just kind of sharing your journey uh, regarding embryonic adoption, kind of start from the beginning. What, what, what? Because this is directly related to the doctrine of the conception of life. And so, if you can kind of take us back to the beginning, that, that the impetus that started um, to build some of the convictions that you have today, that ultimately led to you adopting uh, an embryo, but uh, and other thing amongst other things, but take us back to the
1: beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, this journey sort of started several years ago, uh, back in maybe around 2019. I came across a video of some people who were evangelizing, preaching the gospel to men and women going into abortion clinics, seeking to murder their own children through abortion. And at that moment in time, I had not really considered much about abortion. I would say I was most definitely as a Christian would identify as pro-life. I definitely affirmed that life began at conception, that God created every child at that moment of, um, of conception. And so certainly identified as pro-life, but when I saw the video of people preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, with desperation, knowing that people were going in to commit a sin of such evil nature, a sin that, you know, of, of consequences that could not be reversed, it began to dawn on me the the gravity of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think God opened my heart at that point to the reality of what's happening in our culture and mainly the dehumanizing of unborn children that we see. And what really struck me was just the reality of what's really happening because, you know, as I look around, you know, where I live, there's, you know, several Planned Parenthoods just really locally within a 10, 15 minute drive and to know that in each of these Planned Parenthoods, uh, whether through medications or through surgery, they are slaughtering thousands upon thousands of children image bearers of God, yeah. um, that that struck a chord with me. I think God really convicted me because it made me realize that though I profess to be pro-life, though I profess that these children that had not been born were in fact created by him to be his image bearers, that profession really had no weight to it um, prior to to watching that video. I hadn't really given much consideration to the reality of abortion. To be honest, I didn't really pray much for these children, for these men and women um, who were seeking to abort their children. Um, It seems that just mere profession was happening where I would profess a certain biblical stance, but there would be no real manifestation of that. And I think God really broke me at that point in my life where I saw how I could hold certain beliefs, um, and yet there would be no real application to that belief or manifestation of that belief. And so, when I saw um, what was happening, um, that in our culture and even within you know the professing church community, there there is a tendency um, to be influenced by by the culture around us. That that we do see unborn children as somewhat less than fully human. There certainly is the reality of unborn children being dehumanized. And that sort of began this journey of just kind of researching more um, about what the scriptures were saying uh, with regards to this issue, you know, what what was God's truth. And and as I began to research more and study the scriptures, you know, God just reaffirmed the reality um, that every child is created by him at the moment of conception. and then I began to reflect on the ramifications of that and if that's true that every unborn child is truly a child then what's happening in our society uh, is is horrendous the really words can't describe the gravity of what's happening it's and I I I think God just showed me just the brokenness of this world in, in a new way that I had not yet known and and grew in me a love for these children, you know, to rescue them, um, as Proverbs 24, 11 talks about, um, to deliver those who are being taken away to death and those who are staggering to slaughter. Um, and that sort of propelled me on this journey to uh, glorify God through the proclamation of God's truth in this area. And then God sort of led us on this journey of, um, how do we practically apply those realities so we became exposed to embryo adoption you know Carrie had introduced me to a book a memoir of a family who had adopted through multiple avenues they had adopted internationally domestically and then through embryo adoption and that was our first really real exposure to embryo adoption and for me you know with a science background i was intrigued by what was happening you know that technology would even make this possible. And to be honest, I had not even heard of embryo adoption before, I didn't even know it was a reality, a possibility. So being intrigued by the science, that's sort of what uh, made me do more research into embryo adoption. And then as I began to do more research, it was very clear that embryo adoption is really just adoption of a child at the earliest stage of development. Um, In its simplest form, that's all it is. And uh, it's simply like any other adoption, just adopting a child in their embryonic stage. And so the reality is there are millions of frozen embryos, frozen children, um, many of them orphaned, many of them abandoned legally by their biological parents and in need of a womb to continue to live and to grow and to develop so that they could live outside the womb. And God broke us, you know, for this reality that millions of his image bearers are being frozen, uh, abandoned, orphaned. And the practical application for us was to adopt some of them. So that's what we ended up doing. You know, we went through an agency called the National Embryo Donation Center. Mm -hmm. We just, you know, we connected with them and they held very similar beliefs. And we went ahead and back in September of twenty. 21, we ended up transferring three uh, embryos Uh, and Unfortunately one did not survive, but we are thankful that two did and so Carrie is pregnant uh, with twins and is due soon uh, to the delivery and we did end up uh, We did in our batch of adoption there were six total embryos Uh, unfortunately two did not survive the thawing process so we do have one more embryo that's kept frozen uh, but that's sort of where the journey has led us um, thus far
0: yeah you know it, it, it's interesting because uh, for, for many who develop um, this conviction uh, a, a lot of people will end up say, going to a Planned Parenthood and sharing the gospel at a parent Parenthood, which which actually you do. Um, and as today's recording, you actually did today, uh, joined by some other people. But what's interesting about your journey is that for you, it, it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. Um, and that would have been great. You know, um, the fact that you are sharing the gospel um, at a Planned Parenthood, You are trying to convince these expectant mothers to not abort their unborn child at the same time sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But it also developed in you this conviction for embryos. And what's interesting is that you didn't mention this, but I want to go ahead and mention this. You, You have two biological children of your own. Um, we have Bible study together, and and you know every other week we're at your house, and and they're here. But even when when you're we're not at your house, they we you know we see them, and, and they're beautiful. And Carrie has no issues. You have no issues with respect to, um, you know, your your bodies, and and you guys could have continued to have children naturally. However, that wasn't enough in the sense that. You, you you were convicted you and Carrie were convicted to do something more and that's what kind of led you on this journey I, you know I'm, I'm saying all this but because you and I have 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 had many conversations about this before and I wanted to share that because there are people who who go into and who begin to look at alternative um, ways to build a family and a lot of times I think God will use, Certain circumstances to to maybe nudge you in certain directions, which is fine. Which I general generally speaking is fine, but for you and Carrie that wasn't the case. Meaning you guys could have continued to have children naturally, you know. And so um, that's been uh, something that's sort of been a, a great light, so to speak. It's it's been a it's been a very compelling testimony. I remember when. I first heard about uh you and carrie uh doing this it was it was like what right i mean it was like huh what what, what? I, oh yeah I, i've heard of that what what is that and then you you kind of investigate and you dig a little deeper into this and you're like whoa there there is a lot here and according to the biblical worldview we say embryos but embryo is just Describing the stage of development. These are people right Jeremiah? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they, they, these are people and I think you told me uh, we're, we're not exactly sure but the amount of frozen embryos right now, maybe about a
1: million. Absolutely. Yeah I mean no one keeps track, but certainly most would say up north of a million Absolutely, North of a million yeah. and it, It's relatively expensive, but
0: the technology is uh, getting more efficient and, and we're making strides in this area there's a lot of money here. So typically, where there's a lot of money in a certain technology, there's more investment in it. So the chances are, it could become cheaper in the future, which would
1: mean that there will be more embryos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the numbers of those using IVF um, as a reproductive technology, it's growing exponentially. And whether or not the number of families willing to adopt uh, grows with it is, is hard to tell. But either way, there is a there is definitely a problem of um, even the reality of these frozen children even existing.
0: Right. Yeah. So you know there is this uh, interesting dichotomy that I see um, with that when you look at uh, traditional adoption agencies, the 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 children um, who who are selected to be adopted, prior to that, and rightly so, they have rights, right, you can't just starve them, right. And which is a good thing, obviously, which is a good Mm -hmm. thing. But the embryos that we're talking about do not have rights, because they're not considered human, they're considered chattel, they're considered property. So there's a lot that goes with that, that there's a lot that goes with that worldview. And that's part of the reason why so many embryos are created they're not viewed as as human beings right so i know this is something that
1: absolutely yeah i mean uh, completely it's it's the dehumanizing of unborn children we see most manifestly and obviously in abortion but you see it with the treatment of embryos in ivf you see it with the with how they're commodified you see with you you see it with how they're viewed when couples go through IVF. They're they're simply treated as objects, as a means to an end, but not life, as God says they are.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's it's one of those things where you know it, it, we're we're born in a world where Roe v. Wade at least at least today is is still law, and so we we live in a world where a huge portion of our country doesn't seem doesn't see unborn children as children. But then when you do like a sonogram or whatever else, you, you see the features. With with embryos, there, there aren't those humanoid features. So it, it's hard for people
1: to just naturally think of them as embryos. It it takes a lot more convincing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even for us, you know, on an emotional level, we were it, it's, it's difficult uh, and you we always have to fight against, you know, I know Carrie and I, we, we had to fight against that tendency of just viewing our emotions as a reflection of reality because sometimes, you know, we saw the pictures of our embryos, uh, of those frozen children we adopted and they were at five days post-conception, so five days of life. We saw pictures of them and... They don't look like how our toddlers look. They don't they, they don't look like how our newborns look, you know. But the reality is we all look like that five right. days post-conception. Right. That's just how human beings looked. And we had to fight against the tendency to allow our emotional connection to dictate reality. The reality is what God says, that right. these are human beings. Emotionally, it can be difficult, you know, on an emotional level in a fallen world to really bond with them and love them as if you would bond in love with a newborn right you know there is certainly is that difference there but it's important for us we always had to reflect you know, that these are children um and that certainly was something that we had to continually pray about and, and ask for repentance at times in the way we even talked about them at times um and so it, it was a constant struggle because they physically don't appear the same way as how we would, maybe how our culture would say human beings ought to appear, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you don't have a biblical worldview, then it's really arbitrary in terms of who gets to dictate when life begins. Does it begin at six weeks? Does it begin at eight weeks? Um, you know, does it begin at 12 weeks? what's interesting is uh, it, was, it was even Joe Rogan, I think he, he said a couple of weeks ago, um, even he, and he's, he's pro choice, but even he was like, you know, look, when a baby starts to look like a human being, uh, some of the pro-life people got something right, you know, or, or something of that nature. But when it comes to embryos, that's, they don't look like they're, they're not developed enough to even have um, arms and legs. So we don't, view them as human beings but as you have mentioned we all started off that way they're, they're 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 seeds and so if you think about a tree everything that is necessary for a tree to grow and to have its roots and the trunk like the robustness of a tree is contained in that seed the, the seed is not any less a tree than a tree except it's just it just needs time and nutrients in that uh, that nature but in in a child uh in an embryo there's a unique dna package uh, unlike the mom or the dad but one that has never been seen before right
1: exactly yes i mean that's at the moment of conception that baby has a unique set of dna that is distinct from the mother or the father i mean that's every other human being and every other human being absolutely yes so it's at that moment they are a distinct entity um and so you have to call it something right and God says that that's the moment that he created them yeah you know
0: I want to I wanna just pause here for, for a moment and, and I know the people listening to this are, are mostly Christian but I, I want to um, just share some bible verses here Isaiah 44 24 says this thus says the Lord your redeemer and the one who formed you from the womb I the Lord am the maker of all things stretching out heavens by myself and spreading out the earth alone. Jeremiah 1:5 says this, Before I formed you in the womb I knew you, and before you were born I consecrated you, I appointed you as a prophet a prophet to the nations. Psalm 139:13-16 says this, For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. But, but the psalmist here, David says here in the beginning of the psalm, verse 13, beginning of verse 13, he says, for you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. So, this podcast is not meant to be a, a defense of life at conception, but at the same time it is appropriate to to share some of these verses. The Bible is absolutely clear. I, I don't know of, of a single like an actual sound theologian who disagrees that life begins at conception. So the, the issue is not uh, doctrinally does the life begin at, does life begin at conception? Doctrinally speaking, life begins at conception. The issue is what is the consequence of that? That that is that is the issue. So, um, I, I want to talk a, a, a little bit more about uh, some of the details regarding um, your embryonic adoption. Mm-hmm. You, you you mentioned it, but uh, you adopted a family of, of six embryos. Yes. Uh huh. And I don't even know this, but because we've talked about this before, but these six embryos are siblings. Is that correct? Absolutely yes. Genetic
1: mm-hmm. siblings. They're yes. genetic,
0: and they, and they were. Uh, just just comment on them a little bit more
1: sure yeah so um, they uh, are of Asian descent they're frozen they've been frozen for 10 years um, and so that's always interesting to think about because you know they, they've been technically alive for 10 years you know just frozen in, in time um, and so, uh, so they, we have 6 of them and uh, like I was saying earlier we did transfer uh, three uh, the reason it came out to three was partly because of uh, You know the grading process and two unfortunately didn't survive the thaw and so one is left um, and You know the thing about embryos is is that uh, they can be frozen for a long period of time um, and so uh, a lot of people aren't aware that you can freeze them for Essentially as, as far as we know an indefinite period um, and our organization you know, sort of uh, got recognized, um, last year or the year before for transferring, uh, a 26 year old, I believe a 26 year old embryo that was frozen. Um, and, and the mother was, I think 27 years old. So had they been born at the same time, they would have really been about a year apart, but because of the technology, you know, um, that's, that obviously wasn't the case. Um, but so, so these children, um, You know, like I say, they are dehumanized in the way we see them and the way we treat them. And and I think you can see that in in just the way that how long uh, some of them have been frozen for. Um, And that's just a result and a consequence of how we as a society have have, uh, used certain technologies uh, in a fallen world.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know... um... You mentioned I, I I know we're gonna get into that we we do get into this in the, in the in the next episode, but you did mention that two didn't survive the thawing process. So when when you adopt a family of six embryos, six people, they're frozen not because of anything you did, but that's that's how they survive. They're frozen, and so in order to implant them, they need to be thawed. They have to be because Absolutely. they're frozen. Mm-hmm. So this thawing process is something that's a must, and then during this um, thawing process, two don't survive, so two pass away, and that's that's common, right? It, 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 that's not some mishap by yeah. by the organization. That that's just that's just the state of the technology today. That yeah. a certain portion of embryos do not survive.
1: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That's just the reality, unfortunately. That. Um, that our technology has provided us thus far. I mean, we hope that will get better, but the reality is that, uh, that in nearly all cases of IVF, uh, embryos, uh children are frozen at some point. Uh, that's just for various reasons that we, we won't get into now, but that is just generally how IVF procedures are done. It, it does result in the freezing of these children. And unfortunately, the reality is that when you freeze them you will unless you plan to freeze them indefinitely you will inevitably subject them to the thawing process and many children don't survive that process yeah so that's a, that's a concern and and we we've sort of had a grieve, you know the loss of those two children right. you know um we'll never get to see what they look like um, but we know you know um you, you, you know i know People have different views on this, uh, but but we we hold that one day we will we will be able to see them. Yeah, you know, with our yeah. creator. Yeah, yeah, and you know
0: I, I I think about after they're born, which is probably going to be in less than a week. We don't know, but at least humanly speaking, it's probably going to be less than a week from the time of this recording. But they're gonna grow up they're going to have questions, right? And uh, you mentioned they were Asian, but they're actually a, a different ethnic descent than, than you and Carrie. They're,
1: Absolutely, yes. yes. They, yeah. they are
0: Korean. Yes. And so they're going to grow up in a, in a, in a household that, that loves the Lord. They're going to grow up in a loving family and they're going to be taught uh, scripture. They're going to be encouraged to repent. They're going to grow up in this, this home. At the same time, they're going to be asking, right? Uh, where did they come from? They're going to be asking about these things, and I can't help but think that they're going to look at their mom, Carrie, and at some point it's going to hit them that their mom saved them from slaughter. It's just going to. At some point, it just it just hits you because, and that's that's not an exaggeration. Right. I mean, that's just a logical consequence. And, and you know, you mentioned they can be frozen indefinitely, but you mean humanly speaking, because, you know, uh, at some point something happens. I mean, power can go out yes, or, uh-huh. or, you know, Christ comes back yeah, or, yeah. you know, they're, you know, and if someone's got to pay for preservation, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. let's say you pay for preservation up until the point of, you know, your death. I mean, at, some, at that point you stop paying. Exactly. So they mm-hmm. discard the embryo. So... Yeah. And again, we we talk we're gonna talk about this, but we don't even like to use that word discard, discarding embryos because they're people. But um, the point is that at some point, their life does cease to be, and so it's not when when I say at some point these children will grow up, they'll look at their mom and realize that their mom saved them from slaughter. Just a testimony. That 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 gospel testimony of just how God has given us this understanding of the value of life and the the implications that that arises from it, I, I think is going to be such a uh, a great testimony. You're, you're you're you and your family are kind of like a, a trailblazer of sorts for this, but um, I say trailblazer because. Um, in, in the short time relatively short time that you've been open about this and and been talking about this you have a blog which I'm going to put in the information section but you have a blog and it carries me to Facebook group and you've you've been writing about this and I, I invite everyone to to go to that blog to read some of your thoughts on on, on this issue but in, in a short amount of time I know of at least two couples which i they're I won't name, but but uh, they're probably public. Uh, they're pretty public about it. But I know of at least two other couples who are undergoing this process. One other couple, she's already had uh, gone through the implantation process. Yeah, yeah, yeah and exactly. So, you know, we're we're praying for for that couple. So it, it's already happening. You know, it's it's already happening. God is God is God is using this. So you know, when you, when you kind of Reflect on that. Do do you have any thoughts on that like just?
1: Yeah, uh, yes, I I think It's it's been a great encouragement um, to know that There are other couples being convicted in similar ways. We know that the body is made up of different members and you know, everyone is gifted in different ways by the spirit and convicted in different ways, too and so when a couple comes and convicted similarly and walks with us through the process and we see them walking as well through, through the same thing it's an incredible encouragement um that it's 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 a grace of that God gives through the church yeah and it was certainly difficult in the beginning because we didn't really know whether we were like many hearing about embryo adoption and having no idea what it was what it is about and thinking all these weird thoughts about you know that sounds really like fiction that sounds like just very odd that that was us in the beginning and apart from the conviction of God's word and what he was saying there were a lot of doubts in our minds whether this was even a a, a a real act of obedience whether this was a proper application of scriptural truth because at the time we didn't really know people going through it I mean we just read it in a book you know and we didn't know if this family in the book was you know really had was like-minded in many ways so we just kind of got exposed to it through it you know through providence you know and and um but what we didn't know, and then fortunately, God did bring other people alongside of us. You know, Carrie connected with other people who had gone through it. And and then now that our church, there's more and more people, it's become just a tremendous encouragement to us that God would just bring us alongside other people to rescue souls for his glory. Yeah. Um, physically, but, but also, you know, I trust in a spiritual sense as he brings people who are not genetically related, these children who are not genetically related, but he allows families to adopt them into, um, families that, that love him, um, and that want to raise children, um, in the discipline and instruction of our God, that God will save these children's souls. Um, and so it's, it's just a profound thought to think that God would advance his kingdom in this way. Yeah. It's, it wasn't. I, I had no idea this was going to happen. You know, a couple years ago, but to think now that God is using our church in in, a, in this way and He's advancing His kingdom in this way uh, by families adopting frozen children into their families. Yeah, that's that's an amazing thought, and and I'm thankful that so many families are are just have have been supportive throughout our whole journey. You know, from. The pastors the elders the leadership and then just members of the church just incredibly supportive uh, just affirming that this is biblical that this is a proper application of of biblical truth and and then you know like you mentioned several other families just you know taking that step to 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 do it as well
0: yeah yeah and you know i it's one of those things where where you know sometimes when I, I hear stories like this, I, I hate to make qualifications, but but I want to go ahead and, and do so, um, just 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 to just to be a little cautious here. But in no way, and I've i spoken to Jeremiah many times about this issue and related issues. In, in no way uh, does he believe or do I believe that if you've had an abortion in the past, that you you created an irredeemable, you've you've committed an irredeemable sin. Uh, a, a sin that you can't repent of. No, neither one of us believes that. In, in no way do Jeremiah and I believe that if you've utilized IVF before and um, you created an excess number of, uh, in the process, there was, there was a creation of an excess number of embryos and those embryos are now gone, in no way are we saying that that's also some sin that you cannot repent of. But that that's not what we're saying. We're also not saying that if you don't uh, adopt traditionally or if you don't adopt embryonically, if you don't adopt that, that you don't take God seriously. We're not, we're not saying that either. And I, I, again, I don't want what we say to die the death of a thousand qualifications as, as Bakum would say that sometimes if you qualify things so much, you don't really say anything. So I, I kind of want to stop there. But the reason I say that is because Sometimes when people have strong convictions, even if they go about it in a godly manner, because convictions can sometimes be painful, because when someone else's conviction is made clear, it forces the person listening to the conviction to reconcile certain things in their their own heart. And I think just a matter of you know, it just our fleshly intuition is to discredit that person, you know, and and uh, to pay an excess amount of attention on their tone or their delivery or or these other things. And there, there's a time and place for that kind of criticism, but I I, I want I, the reason I want to say that is because uh, I I want to make make it clear for the listener that Jeremiah is not saying that 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 is not I didn't invite him here to. To shame other people and and i i've spoken again i've spoken to him many times he doesn't want to do that he's he's very careful that he comes off um in in a proper way and so i didn't want to take a little bit of time to to, to state that so with that with that said you know uh, jeremiah there there are other things that we can talk about with respect to uh, some of the more medical nuances but th- this podcast is already getting a little bit longer. This episode's already getting a little bit
1: longer. So I do want the listener to know that, especially if you're going to bring Community Church, hey, you're available to talk to, right? Absolutely, yes. I love to talk to anyone and share our story about what God has done through us. But also, you know, with regards to future podcast episodes with relate- about related topics, you know, um, the science, as, as we will discuss, is very nuanced. And I think it would be great to just continue to discuss these things and, and uh, maintain a biblical worldview.
0: Yeah, yeah. The don't, don't worry, that's not Jeremiah butting himself in. I, I told him that we're going to do future episodes together. So, so. <laughs> he, he knew that, he knew that. Um, but, but yeah, this, it, it is very, very nuanced. It's changing. Jeremiah tries to um, uh, keep up to date with all the new information. That's hard. You know, that's hard. Um, but I again, I invite you to uh, follow him on Facebook. Um, Kerry has a Facebook, The Littlest of Lives. The Littlest of Lives. lives, yes. littlest of lives. Um, you can talk to Kerry about it. You can message me about it. He also, if you go there, he also has a blog. You'll see it right away. Uh, I'll, I'll link to all of this. In the next episode, we're going to get a little bit more into the particulars of IVF. Because as... You kind of stated this earlier, but a lot of the embryos that are available for adoption are because they are
1: excess embryos from IVF. Is that uh, absolutely yes? That, that that's where almost all of the uh, embryos that are available for adoption are are created out of. They're they're all created out of IVF technology. Um, but yes, mostly because couples do choose to create more than they plan to implant.
0: Yeah, and what's wild is that 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 one million is a fraction from the excess that are created because the majority, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Jeremiah, but the majority are either just um, terminated, and I'm, I'm using euphemisms here, but they're either terminated or they're uh, I'm using air quotes, donated to science while they, where they will be terminated. Exactly. Or, you know, last step is, is uh, they're donated to these to a center like this. hmm You know, hopefully that they'll be adopted.
1: Absolutely, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to, Jeremy, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I look forward to, to talking about this uh, issue a little bit more in depth. And I hope for the people who are listening that, that God has moved you. You know, that God has moved you. Um, and when I say that, I, I, I don't mean that, I, I don't mean to imply that if you're not moved to share the gospel at a Planned Parenthood, then you're not a good Christian. I, I don't mean to, I don't, I, I'm not implying that at all. First uh, Corinthians 12, Romans 12 makes it clear that God has given the body differing gifts. And some people, God will raise up to just be prayer warriors. Their Their gift is, they just pray. They pray and, pray and pray and pray and pray. And I hope God will raise up more prayer warriors. But there are some that that list that are listening to this that God will raise up and say, you know what, I, I want to share the gospel at a Planned Parenthood too. Um, there, there are others who will just, you know what, I, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna engage in conversation with my coworkers about this issue and hope that this is gonna be an entranceway for the gospel. Or you know, you affirm and you, you support the work that um, people who, um, who are passionate about this are doing. And you, you might be involved in something else at church. Um, you, you are involved in, like, for example, like the AV ministry, or you're involved in, in you know, cleanup ministry. And we can just glory in our God together that God would raise up some people to do this and some people to do that, and that we are all striving together. Different gifts, but we're all striving together, standing as one man uh, for the for the gospel, for the proclamation of the gospel. And so, I know that's Jeremiah. I know Jeremiah. That's your heart. Um, that's that's my heart. That we want to see uh, truth proclaimed, and we want to see unity affirmed um, in the
1: body of Christ. So,
0: anything, anything else you want to share before we end this episode, Jeremiah?
1: Uh, No, I I think we're going to cover them in the future episodes. All right. Yeah, so I'm looking forward
0: to that. Well, uh, Jeremiah, thank you very much. And um, I will uh, see you guys later. I hope this episode was helpful to many. This is a very difficult topic, and anyone searching for answers and ultimately conviction on this issue is going to have to do some hard work. Lots of digging, lots of investigating, searching the scriptures in prayer. As stated, I've included the Facebook group and Jeremiah's blog in the info section. I'm really hoping this will serve as a springboard of sorts. For anyone that's looking, I I, I get it this this is this is going to be difficult. Thanks for making it to the end. I'll continue to try to make the journey worth it. To him be honor, glory, and eternal dominion, James Hongo.